time nor here to that uh, distinctive sound there. The Wildcat is back in the building. You'll listen to another KG Fifth Ward Wildcat and Doc podcast right off the jump. Lovely. Good to have you back, sir. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Get into your whatever it is going on because it's tournament time. Let's just, just make this a, a, a good, good run. Good a good run. Back. That's it. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm a monster walking. I, like I, I say it like that. I like it. So let's get right into it. We're going to talk about the tournament is going on, men's tournament. Are we, start? we can talk about upset, things like that. The women's tournament starts Saturday. Um, you know, we got first round, women's side, Saturday and Sunday, and second round, Monday and Tuesday. We're getting all that. Talk, talk about that. Fine. If y'all want to do that, that's fine. Hey. But. Locally, I'm, what we got going I'm on? I'm KG. Let's talk about two things. First, kudos to Texas Southern men's basketball team for reaching. We can talk about this as well. On another issue for winning the SWAC tournament championship and then disappointing me and losing Cal Poly I was upset about it. Gave that. up 81 points surprisingly. Their defense regressed ben, to Ben should have been a lot more helpful. Ben should have been a lot more helpful. Yeah, well, they had only played seven people. Yeah. But their defense but slacked off. They had drops like this during the season and it reared up again and lost Cal Poly. Right. I was disappointed they, they with that. They had some major problems on defense. The other part I thought was really the tell us the tape because we knew that the defense probably wasn't as strong as we would have liked to believe but really when you looked at the first half of that game was the fact that Cal Poly shot 60% at the first half and so if you couldn't give that doesn't happen in a swing right and you don't shoot resistance that really don't happen too much anywhere but but it didn't help from the fact that they weren't a very resistant defense now the team shot well but they allowed them to shoot right and gave some open looks that didn't help but the crucial point that really uh, kind of jumped out with me was the first half. They had eight turnovers. Yeah. Eight turnovers to one. And it didn't bother them that that was going on. It was almost like, we're going to get through this. We're going to get through this. And they did. Yeah. In the second half, they cut down on turnovers and then being like 10 to 13, 11 to 13. Not looking at the stats directly. That's what I recall. So they cut down on that. But still. Then they could rebound. Then they couldn't rebound. And they end up having the rebound merging in the first half of 60 points, and the rebounding was close. But the thing is, if a team is shooting 60% and they end up ending right under that at 58%, and then even if the rebounding margin is close, whether you win it, but if it's close, that means you're giving them enough shot. When they do happen to miss some shots, exactly, they're getting a chance to put it back up. And you can't afford it to a team that is shooting that well to give them second opportunities, whether that's from reboundings or the turnovers. And so when you look at it that, then it boils down to nobody else would either take shots or obviously even make them when they did take them. Right. You had two players that scored 40-some points, about 75% of, exactly of the point totals with Murray and Rodriguez right. putting together about 47, 48 total points. Uh, Rod, uh, Murray really showed out, did 38, played good in terms of that game. But the other side – other players out there couldn't do anything. So it was really disappointing because you come in with a team with a losing record that obviously got help, didn't play that well. You sent a team that was playing well, had some height, had some talent, uh, tra- transfers, a nice mix. You had a senior-laden team, six people will not be there, so that's going to be interesting for the next year. Um, five of the students have already graduated. Um, uh, excuse me, four of them have already right. graduated. Two came in as graduates. Uh, for the program. So to have that type of senior leadership. And the other one was the point guard that shared he was a junior. Right. So you're talking about a very 
senior, top-heavy, experience-laden team that had finally came together and played together to get that big win over Prairie View at the end of the season. And to come out and play like that was really disappointing. And then the other thing that happened, um, I, I based, well, all three of us have, have watched this season, especially toward the end, getting up to the tournament now. Three things happened, especially toward the last two weeks of the regular season. Guard play, not being able <clears throat> to make free throws late in the game, and no dominant big man. Teams this year, for whatever reason, this is the most balanced I've seen the tournament in a long while before that was a mass uh, abduction to, te- uh, to teams transitioning from all white to a mix and then pretty much all black. And now it's, you know, it's all over the place, but I attribute that part of it more so to a lot of guys doing one and, uh, uh, one and done guys two years and then gone and guys not staying and developing their basketball skills. Some way, somehow, somebody's got to put a light on in somebody's, in some kid's mind before they get to college that you need to develop your skills instead of just, you know, getting in and then looking to the league. I, the only reason I'm saying that is no, because, I agree with you. because I, that was a lot of teams yesterday that lost that shouldn't have, and they were fighting in the game with maybe one, um, two or three not so much stars, but two or three upperclassmen that were able to carry them during the regular season. But in a, a one-and-out situation, they weren't able to – No, there was no help. It was, it was. It seemed to be just one guy that was ready to show and, and everybody else were kind of like just, you know, yeah. just trying to get theirs. Yeah, I agree with you from the standpoint. But I think that's just kind of the changing guard of the game. I know you've seen a lot of basketball over your life, and Chris has seen uh, – a good amount of basketball, particularly when you add in the fact that he's now followed heavily both the men's and women's side. I just think you see a change of style of basketball where you have a lot of people that play it. Talent is so much spread out now. Uh, you cannot hide people anymore. And then you have so many people that are quote-unquote experts um, that play this at the AAU, try to coach it at the AAU, people that try to uh, claim that they're going to teach basketball skills, and oftentimes it bleeds into the other sport. Don't get me wrong. You see that in baseball, some football as well. So you have all these amalgamations, if you would, in terms of teaching lessons or whatever. So people really, it's difficult for you to get good, solid coaching. So skill development is not something that you can really watch on a video or, you know, kind of watch on the tape or hear somebody talk about. You need really a fundamental, strong coach. And I don't think there's a lot of people that really have mastered the game in terms of coaching. They understand it in a lot of ways. They they can generally coach it in terms of the basic fundamentals, in terms of rules and stuff like that. But really teaching people skill sets. The best way I can give you an example is finding people that are in the classroom, but the difference between those that are really teachers. I understand. You know, in terms of professors, those that really take the art of teaching and understanding. And as Coach Robinson said before his death, I think it's one thing that's really big. Is he talking about uh, the play, world would be a better place if coaches would do a lot more teaching and teachers would do a lot more coaching. So you, And what I took out of that is the fact that if you're going to be coach, you have to really understand how to teach. I think you have a lot of coaches that know a lot of knowledge, but they don't know how to teach. And you have a lot of teachers, professors, that have a lot of knowledge, but do not know how to really 
coach people in terms of understanding the uniqueness of different things and get them interested in things of that nature. The final thing I will move over before we get into it is a rant that I kind of had with the SWAT. And I think fundamentally it's time for us to come to a uh, realism, if you would, is we think that the SWAT is not quite as bad as it really is. But when you start looking at the numbers in terms of playing eight games and only winning one, and those eight games being in the playing games over the last 13 or 14 that have been played, and you've only found one victory, and these are, is broken in basically half. This is four teams that are 0-4 that have won the regular season and then went on to win the tournament, they still lost in it. And one in three versus those that got hot, quote-unquote, in the tournament. And still, only one of those could get a victory. So either way you look at it, the talent, and most people say that's kind of obvious, but I'm saying it's even more than what's obvious, that the talent is just not there and the swag that has been there in a long time. So you can't even get in this opening round game and, and be competitive. And so some people are going to have to take a serious look in terms of how they manage the athletic operation if they want that to change. And I think the fundamental difficult thing about that is I don't think they really understand they have a problem. And I heard that the one day that I came to the tournament, uh, the opening day uh, during the uh, uh, morning uh, session, that uh, a couple of alumnus from, from other schools outside of the Houston area mentioned that, uh, you know, it's still not a bad league, but we still need some players. Well, you contradicted yourself in a, in, a, in a statement basically because you remember when you were a student athlete and you're trying to relate that to what's going on now and that doesn't happen and you can't you can't make the tra- transition even when, the way you, even when you look at it just because it's not there mentally. And I think the world is so much open. And so there's so many avenues for people to get information. Um, people that play the game, no matter what ethnicity they are, are so spread out. There may be areas where you see a larger congregation of that group, if you would, uh, congregating in that area where you see that focus. But I think in a lot of ways, this is where Chris has a lot of problems of what he sees going on in U of H. You have to really start to really understand what is taking place uh, in terms of really deciding you're going to make a difference. And I think that's where some of your frustrations are coming in. And I'd like you to kind of expound on what you see taking place at U of H, both, if you would, both on the men's side and the women's side. Thank you, Doc. That's well done. That is a nice segue. First and foremost, listeners, those who know me, know I am a proud graduate of the University of Houston, despite its warts which it has plenty, and I'm going to elaborate on a couple right now. We know that the women's head basketball coaching position has been open since December 21st when they fired, well, when Todd Buchanan, quote-unquote, resigned from his position the day after they beat Crosstown rival Rice. That's December 21st. Today is March 21st, which is three months have passed, 90 days roughly. Wildcat, the job is not posted yet on the website. It and, is not posted. But it has been mentioned on the WBCA as a position that is open. It is and not. It ha- and it has been mentioned on their national register. That's Coaches, good. It, 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 that's it, good. It's, and those are the only two places that I've seen it. But you are correct. It's not posted it, it, on the school website. As far as an open position on campus. Why is that, sir? 
Let me say this, sir, in response to your statement. I've heard, and you you and Doc know that I've written about this already, mentioned on podcasts, that I know I've been contacted by numerous coaches who are interested in the job, who believe Houston is a diamond in the rough in terms of recruiting base, in terms of winning on the collegiate level. I've heard from one particular person uh, who is being mentioned tied directly into the job. She is known to us. Uh, She is in the tournament. Her team is in the tournament. So that is one thing. However, another rumor I have heard more than once is that the University of Houston is considering removing the interim tag from Wade Scott and keeping him as the head coach. Hold up. Hold up. Please. Like I said, I've heard that I know more I've, than once. I, I, I know I've been out of... I heard it was discussed. The scuttlebutt was around. It was mentioned around in... Uh, where was the tournament? Conference tournament. In uh, El Paso. I no, mean, no, no. Uh, you, uh, yeah, that's right. In El Paso. Connecticut. In Connecticut, women's tournament held in Connecticut, yeah, Mohegan Sun, that right. area. At that women's tournament, it, it was mentioned there that Wade Scott could get the job. Now, I heard that more than once. I heard that this was days after I was the other person mentioning the job. So I'm not sure which is more accurate, which is true to believe. I know what I want to believe. I hope not because there's no way in hell. They should even, truthfully, if they want to be considered a legitimate basketball program, a team in the same conference as the mighty, mighty Connecticut Huskies, that they should even, that a rumor like that should even leave someone's lips to remove the interim tag and have Wade Scott as the head coach. That is asinine. Let me ask this question, then you move on. And I want... A U of H alum, excuse me, Wildcat. I want a U of H alum. Go ahead. Listen to this podcast and ask A.D. Rose and ask the SWA, Dewana Chizer, is that true? And then tell them where they heard it. Because I'm going to ask them myself, and where I ask them will be directly face to face. That's what I want to do. I don't want to call them. I don't want to email them. I want to be face to face and ask them about the questions, ask them who they're interviewing. I want to do it professionally. But I want an alum to call and ask them. This is what I've heard on this podcast. Is this even true? Now, with that being said, we all saw what they, the product that they put out on the floor. How in, oh, and I have more in heaven's name that they can sit and watch night after night with that product and be satisfied with it just going back up and up and down the floor. You know, uh, making an attempt. It's that, obviously that uh, I've seen this many times in uh, HBCU sports, so it's kind of sad to see that U of H is even go to the platform. But to answer your question, is it's obviously they don't care. Thank you. You said it, and he is not a U of H alum. I am. I will say this. I, I'm almost flabbergasted. I am willing to give them the benefit of the doubt that this rumor is not true because I heard from another alum. And he said, this, this is, that is false. There's no way in hell it's going to happen. So, but like I said, I heard this more than once. And the source I heard it from is a very good source. And ain't said me wrong before. So, 
because I've seen Matt Rhodes at the women's game to his credit. I've seen him talk to Miss Chizer before game, during games, and after games about what's on the floor. I've heard Matt Rhodes shake his head sometimes, say some things about the talent or lack thereof on the floor. So based on that, I'd be stunned if they decided to keep Wade Scott. But if it's true, heaven help me that the rant and the editorial I will write the day of the press conference if they announce that Wade Scott is the head coach. Are you going to if, the press conference? If, if, oh, hell yes. I will take off work and get to that press conference because I will have questions. I will sit front row and ask them, is this a money grab? Are we that broke that we cannot afford a real coach and we're going to keep this man in the job? That will be my question. And then answer it, please. I'll, if if you if that happens, I'll show up just to. I can't wait because because I'll show up to keep you and watch you back. I'm gonna be honest with you because that needs to be a right and that needs to be brought out in in, in front while everybody's sitting there watching. But the sad thing about that is, is, I don't want people to get lost in this position. That that's a serious question to be asked. If you're serious about your program, particular program, and you said it's playing in the same conference league as UConn, and you can't make those kind of decisions and try to tell your alumni that you're serious about moving the program forward. Exactly. So because the question should be I'm going to ask it. If it's true, then that really shows you how much work needs to be done by the alums, the administration, etc. But if it's true, don't tell me, don't tell other alums that we are serious about competing in women's basketball. Don't tell me that. When you, if, like I said, I choose to believe right now this is just a rumor and it's just not, I don't think it's going to happen. I've told some friends about it because they've asked me this week, what have I heard about the job? And I've told them what I heard as a rumor. And they've said, you have got to be kidding me. There's no way. So we'll see what happens. Now, I do know, I also heard, was told that they were looking at, coaches they were looking at were going to be in the tournament. And they would not announce a decision of the new coach until the tournament is over, depending on how far the team advances in the tournament. Which leads me more to the name I heard mentioned with the job. But this Wade Scott thing came about last week and just blew me away. I was in, the, I was at my desk when I got the text. And then the next day I got it again and I almost had to go out and just scream. Because I could not believe it. That's the women's side. Wildcat. And we're still going to, this is going to shift to the men's side. Wildcat, Doc and I talked about this as a possibility. If U of H men go 9-9 and in the American, should James Dickey keep his job? That was what a lot of the scuttlebutt was from the alums. When the Cougars are going on their, their winning streak towards the end of the conference season, if they get 9-9, should we keep James Dickey because James Dickey was in the fourth year of a five-year contract. You know, I don't want to be a lame duck, et cetera. Going into the fifth year, it'd be, it'd be difficult for recruiting, things of that sort. So there were alums thinking if Dickey doesn't get the 500, especially when everybody thought had five teams going to the big dance and the conference was great and all this, that, and other, and SMU had raised the bar. And, right. And we got to get up to SMU's level and things like that. Then, of course, the Cougars go out and get crushed by UCF. And finish eight and ten in the conference, but in a upset SMU in the first round of the American 
tournament, which probably cost S was the final nail in the coffin to get to keep SMU out of the NCAA no question tournament. About it, yeah. We can talk about that again. We'll talk about that later. But a few days ago, I heard this, and this I have not verified it, but I heard it from another legitimate source. Apparently, or possibly, James Dickey had his contract extended two years ago, and that his deal runs through 2017. Hey, hold on, hold on. Exactly. Hold on, because I'm trying to remember now, what did he do two years ago? I see the first year he was still with uh, Pender's, uh, pretty much Pender's kid. Uh, that would have been the last year for um, what's the, uh, what's the coach that that that, that left and went to SMU? Um, coach Mal, yeah. Ulrich Mal- Malagi. Okay, that would have been his last year with the, the, with on Dickey's staff two years ago. Yes, and that would have been the recruiting coup that he got with. He brought in Tayshawn Thomas and, and those fellas, I think. Now, but he never coached those guys. Right. If folks are banking on recruiting, and then we know that's the lifeblood of any college program, that still hadn't worked out yet. And the only reason I'm saying that is because that crew was put together for Conference USA. That crew wasn't put together for the Americans. And in the process, we've seen there's still only one guy out of that bunch that found a way to maneuver around whatever was going on outside. He found a way to get it done on the floor, and that's patient. Everybody else has struggled. They've got had some 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 splices here and there, but on a consistent night in and night out basis, it's only been patient. We've lost two transfers. Joe now is, is out at Oregon and found a way to to find his game again. <laughs> and <laughs> I mean, honestly, they they getting it done. I mean, he he he's up to almost twenty points a game now. They doing well. So apparently, they might have a pretty good run in the tournament. You know, so, it wasn't all just you know in everybody's mind and all about him not being a good player. Right. You and I have sat and watched that crew this season without all of his starters, uh, especially at the guard spot. And for whatever reason, when no, when Chicken first got on the floor the night when everybody was all hurt, he found a way to get some things done, and the offense kind of like moved with a smooth flow. That other crew came back, and it was herky jerky. Now that's just me. Now I right. know you saw it, but you saw it a lot more than I did. But if I'm wrong, but let's let's but let's. And the only reason I'm saying that is. But I don't even know if you want to get that detail in terms of what's yeah, going on because you look at the overall level and you're talking about what the A-10 is able to do, getting that many teams in the tournament. Six. You had six quality right. teams. Atlantic 10. Yeah, I Atlantic 10. Oh, it was just 12. Six. It was six. Six. Okay. Six teams that got in. And you and had, folks complained. As a matter of right. fact, the that lost the day. He had one of the biggest guys. <laughs> he, the biggest. He lost, Coach K was questioning this. And he lost North the Carolina day. State that he was talking about. It's been bounced out. He bounced out. And North Carolina's struggling with Providence. They're losing by one right now, yeah. If it's not careful, they might get bounced out. And you had – and so you have – and I'm saying this, you have oh, oh, the American in a position to really take that next step with the Big East struggling. You got Buzz Williams leaving a market right. to go to the ACC. And for financial, you can see why. But he also sees something 
to me going on with the Big East in terms of not being able to do what he could do recruiting wise. I don't think he'd necessarily leave Marquette in the old Big East. No, heck oh no, heck no. You no. know, for struggling Virginia Tech ACC program when he was on the thing, but he sees what's going on, and so. All I'm saying is the landscape was right for the American and U of H in it to position themselves to be a serious contender when you see programs like SMU taking that next step and just on the outside. I mean, they could they, they were that close. Oh, yeah. To having seven teams. Arguably, if SMU doesn't lose, <laughs> right. unless they that, want to switch them out yeah. to U of H. And so you get these kind of questions coming up, and that's what would frustrate me because we at Prairie View – and not understandingly, uh, this is nothing on rim or whatever, because I think he does some good things. But there were some people that were flat out frustrated with what he was bringing to the table and thought he should have been dismissed and essentially just not brought back on the contract. But the athletic director, uh, Ashley Robinson, believed that uh, with having the highest APR and making it to the tournament championship, that he uh, could extend him a year. That's a whole different mm-hmm. argument. Right. But my point is, but, but they didn't even get to the championship. And and I'm not sure what his APR, but I know it's not the best in the league. And, and, and that was and so next, this is a program that has a richer history. Speaking of that. Outside of, you know, Prairie View did win the championship I, at the end of that. I and I'm, I'm not going to just dwell on that, but that has started to come up in question around in the, in the late night game. That uh, on the, the, the far, you know, uh, extensions of, of the, uh, sports channels. For whatever reason, some of these teams have gotten in just because of right. the tradition. But that APR is freaking started catching folks. Well, and also, I think the big thing that is one of the laughing stock, and that's why you have all these coaches trying to get the NBA to change the rule. I think that one of done is hurting a lot of teams more than they would like to admit. And they're, they almost like the pro team of why they put the one year Rule in there, graduating for highs, because you had so many that infatuated with talent, they couldn't help themselves. Well, you got these same type of talented coaches uh, with these big leagues, they can't help themselves that they want to get the star. If it's just for one year, they'll deal with it, and they see how Kentucky. it's hurting them uh, too, to a lot of degrees. And you know, Coach K, but I think that was a problem. His team was younger, even though in some key point he had some senior talent, but as an overall team, it was younger compared to the team he's talking about that played. Uh, some seniors at the guard position that were obviously very talented. But you see this across the yeah. conference, and I think that's what's balancing this league yeah. out. And that's why, as we began the show, we talked about all these upsets that are taking place and all these close games, uh, uh, what's going on. So that's the landscape we operate. But I said, and the last thing I will put on, put on the floor is, is with the frustration that you're seeing in the squad with the APR, there were a lot of presidents that had some serious dispositions and at the edge in terms of trying to figure out what they want to do. And I'm questioning whether this league is going to be able to stay together uh, from standpoints that if people are serious looking at changing the paradigm in terms of how they operate. Well, I'm not saying that's a good thing or bad Charles thing. McClellan was quoted they, they, I was going to in the Chronicles article over the weekend saying he's looking at all possibilities, yeah. including – Leaving this way. I think you have to. I know Alabama State has been chasing. They were open. I know for a fact that they sent a letter to the Sunbelt asking for wow. it. And Sunbelt kind of sat on it a while. But Sunbelt is, has only 11 football teams. They so they're going to look at they, the 12th one. And they know that they want a 12. They wear 12, but West Kentucky is leaving out. Right. So they want to get to 12 because they want to play a championship game. 
And there's a lot of things that are nice about Alabama State in terms of the side, that new stadium they built, right. new facility in baseball, right. the commitment they have, and they have the largest financial revenues in the swag at $10 million. Oh, my goodness. Uh, the enrollment is not quite where they want to do, but they think if they make the splash that they could do something in enrollment. So they're seeking to get to that FBS level. So that relationship with Sunbelt can go. And I think once one leaves yeah. in the swag, you're going to have two or three of them follow pretty quickly especially if these conferences open it. But I want to say this to let Chris get back on the phone oh, yeah. point that he's talking about. It's because I don't know if U of H understands how difficult it becomes if you allow your program to be stagnant. I've seen it with Prairie View in terms of football. And I'm not doing this just to compare U of H to Prairie View because I know that's a different level. But my point that I want people to understand is once you make that financial disconnect and you let your – program stay down long enough it is very difficult to get it back out of that mire of the muck and if texas southern or even prairie view for that matter is looking at repositioning themselves and u of h is kind of in the middle consider and again this is just of my own opine decision not anything to say this happened i do know for a fact they're looking at it but let's say that uh Sunbelt really gets crazy, and it decides to go to 16 basketball, 14 football, and they bring up Alabama State, Texas Southern, Prairie View. Now you have a Prairie View and Alabama State playing at the FBS level. That changes the recruiting di- dynamics. Sure. Then all of a sudden Sam Houston says that, hey, we got to follow Texas State, and we got to change this dynamic. Now you have three or four teams in the FBS, so you can't just use the fact that U of H is the FBS program in an American conference that is trying to rebuild itself uh, that is not the face and this is not even to talk about the big five looking at even doing more to separate themselves. Now U of H is further away from where they want to be in terms of the big five and now those teams that you superiorly had a marketing advantage of, you no longer have. So if you're not careful and people are moving forward, you're going to really find yourself in a quick and, disposition. And to give a, 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 a I want you fix. to be proactive rather than reactive. And to give a quick fix, and I'm turning it over to Chris. The commissioner in the Sun Belt was formerly the commissioner in the WAC when it went from 12 to 16. First huge, major, humongous com- conference, super conference. First mega conference. conference in the country, and it worked. It, 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 it took a while. But it but it worked. And only it the, worked the, for the, a short time. And, and, but I think he and was actually, actually the, too far ahead of his right. time. And there were some the teams that were basketball, frustrated. And they the, kind of the, drove it apart. The basketball programs, basically, what, like what happened with the Big East, the basketball programs made that uh, made that move and got that done and, and then split the conference up. But it still survived and it still went past. And now he's looking at the, uh, he's looking at the Sun Belt as another situation, especially in a football congregated and, area. Let's be honest. The Sun Belt has risen as a solid um, program that afterthought to where they're actually getting a decent amount of bowl games. Right. They're starting to beat some of those low-level mid-major programs in football that have been around for a while. And they're also getting a chance to play with uh, some of the SEC and BCS programs formerly in terms of playing some high-level ball. Every year you see a solid Sunbelt team coming out of there that has had a major upset. And a lot of that is because they are in the hotbed and they're getting a lot of that transfer talent from the SEC. Um, Kids that want second chances don't make it. 
There you go. All right. Um, uh, getting back to falling back to U of H, have they are they at a point to where they are in the process of not just seeking out but making a decision on the topic that you're talking about as far as the men's and the women to go public with it in the outside of the the women's program waiting on until the tournament is, is over with. Because on the fella side, if they're going to going to do that. What you're talking about, I have done that. Yeah, it's a question of if it's already been done. Oh, it, it's, it's, it's done. Right. You know, it's, if it's done, we're trying to verify that it's been done. Right. That it would answer why there hadn't been a move. If it was, if it, reality is that this happened year and a half, two years ago, extended, you're not going to dismiss this coach at this level with two years on the contract. It's not going to happen. That's on the contract. So if it's true, it would explain why there hasn't been any word on the street that we're moving in a different direction. Now, it's interesting because during the U of H SMU tournament championship game, ESPN Andy Katz spoke on air from the perspective and the viewpoint that all of us had that Coach Dickey was in his fourth year of a five-year deal. So this news that I got this week about Dickey's contract being extended already through 2017 is brand new. So it's a question of if Andy Katz didn't know about it, that shows you how much how this was basically under the table. That this yes. was not something that was sent out really to the masses because you have somebody that is embedded in his sole job is to make sure he gets in information, and you usually he's in a position where he has relationships with people to get this information. So. It was purposely kept from him is the point that I'm making. And I'm going to tell you, so I've had time to watch Cats' Corner the last couple of weeks, and that has not been a subject of, of, of mention or announcement or whatever, even kind of uh, vaguely. So so let's not – so this is not something we are saying is concrete. This is something we're trying to verify and confirm ourselves. So, But it's out there. And if it happened, if it took place, I mean, there are just so many – so many alums who will be shocked and upset and bewildered at how you could do this and keep this coach and he hasn't done anything. He hasn't warranted an extension. But I want to turn it around from this perspective. I'm going to be positive, which is rare for me because I'm usually straightforward and brutally honest and, for what reason? and negative. I believe that the men's team is not that far away from getting to the NCAA tournament. To what extent? Because, well, a couple of things. One, the talent is there. We saw the talent play defense when certain people weren't in the rotation. Okay? I agree with that. I agree with that. So, talent is there, and there is still talent on the bench that was in warm-ups this season. One of the things that U of H lacked was size up front. One of the Young man that signed last year from Trent International School, about six eight six nine, big young man. He didn't play this year. He graduated this year. I don't know what happened with Valentine Izundu, the seven foot young man who decided on the bench. I don't know what happened. He, he thought about leaving. They talking back to Stan. Thought about leaving again. Came back. He sat on the bench the whole year. He was seven footer. He can box shot. Like nineteen years old. He was extremely raw. So. You know, maybe he stays, maybe he comes out and says, I'm going to leave, and this time I'm leaving for good. Possibly, you know, who knows? But there is talent there. There is talent coming in. J.C. Washington from Yates. 
He is he's another one of the tweener kind of guys, but he's another high recruit in the Houston area and nationally ranked maybe top 100 in some polls also. So talent is not a problem. Getting talent, especially getting Houston area talent into U of H. The problem is getting those guys to want to play defense, getting those guys to buy into the system. So talent is there. I think Dickey, if, if, hell, if he's under contract with three more years, then you ain't got no choice. I'm here to stay. It's my way to the highway. This is how we're gonna, things are going to get done. That combined with the fact that they're breaking ground on the basketball practice facilities in May. So that's going to, that's another positive for the program. So that's a lot of money that's being put on facilities and you're not putting a product on the floor. Exactly. That's where we got to get into this issue. Whoever, if it's another coach, Dickie Stang, I think basketball wise, U of H men's program is in a good position to go forward with the practice facilities, the talent there, talent in the area, new conference. Ultimately, renovating Hoffman. There are things much more positivity for the men's program than that crap on women's side. And this is a crap that's being out there on the floor every night. But not just only that, folks. We're talking about national TV from here to the East Coast on a regular basis. See, see that's another and, thing, and, and see, that, that's that why is I, what bothers me. That's more than why I, I choose to believe, no matter how upset I am with that rumor. That's why I choose to believe that the conference office, if they had any say at all, would go to U of H administration and say, are y'all really considering keeping this man here and being on TV 18 times every year with this subpar product? See, that's why I I just cannot, I I really, I don't don't want to believe that is going to happen. Because you cannot, there's just no way you cannot, in good conscience, tell anybody with a straight face that Wade Scott is going to lead us to the tournament. He's the right person for this job. You, uh, you, you just you can't convince me of that. You, you can't convince anybody associated with basketball. And there are other things <laughs> that, and that's not a knock on Wade Scott, but Wade Scott was here under Coach Curl. He was here under Coach Buchanan. Yeah. The last five, six years, Wade Scott's been a part of a lot of losing. Yes. And yep. how how can you keep him if he's if he's a constant throughout all this losing? If but clearly if it's um we we don't have the money we can't afford anybody else say that needs to be say, that. say that say that, that. that's all I, I'm saying. I don't care because yeah. everybody so we'll move forward. Too many teams, too many schools, and all don't want a public air that they have financial situation. Well, we folks, ain't there yet. Just, and if y'all do more, we can do more. And but it, say it. I agree with you. Say it. You get into that and when you do on. when you do football when you do football coaching, but for the rest of those programs. But that's what it? I told a lot of alum about Ren. I said y'all not stepping up to the athletic director and putting the pot and saying, "Look, this is what we want done." So I don't really hear it. I support Ashley Robinson if he thinks he's making the best decision, and support Rim as well. Go get it done. Exactly. That's based that's- on our overall decision of everything we put together. So until you put something on the plate and say that we need to go in, there, I don't want to hear it from them. Thank you. That's that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying because I've spoken to a, a legendary coach. I'm not gonna get into any, too many details, but he told me he heard years ago that a school was going to build a gym, upgrade facilities, et cetera, et cetera, 
you know, to get him to come to the program. He told me all that stuff, that was almost 30 years ago. All that stuff took place finally last year when they got the new gym, new facility. 30 years it took them had passed before the school got it done. That's what I don't want. You know, don't, if, if you, and this is what I tweeted on Sunday, and this is directly to U of H administration. This is where I am. I love my school. That's not going to change. But if you want to be, if you want to run with the big dogs, which is where you are now, you got to act like it. You got to act like it. You got to spend the money. You got to behave like it. You got to think like it. If, if you don't, if you want to continue floundering around in the sea of me- mediocrity or worse, then stick with the status quo. You know, roll on. And just roll be on. happy being sorry. But don't, at the same time, while you're sorry, tell us we, okay. it's okay that we're sorry and please give us money or please, you know, come, don't, don't, don't give me, don't tell me one thing and then do another. Yeah, that we're trying to do this and that and lead us on the thing that you're serious about doing. I, I totally agree with you. I think it's a part. Because that's one thing, I, it, it is hard for me to say to my coaching, some of these folks are my friends, and some of these folks who know me through the media and Twitter, email, internet, internet, my website, who contacted me, it's tough for me to say to them, you should go for this job, and you're going to have outstanding support from the administration and the alums and, and marketing, et cetera, because it ain't true. I can't sit there, and, and I'm not going to lie to my friends and tell them, hey, you know, the roses are going to bloom all over the campus and everything's going to be hunky-dory and great. You can, you're stepping into an outstanding position, an outstanding job. You can have support from the top on down. That's a lie. Because man. the actions of the administration have not shown that. You know, you mentioned, you just mentioned something. That not, not only do you have a U of A situation, you've got a rice situation, and you may have an HBU situation. Not sure yet. Right now, the only team that I think that's still in the tournament, they, they had a game today, uh, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, is the University of St. Thomas. They're in the NAIA in, in uh, Kansas City, um, uh, on the, on the men's side. But we've watched our local programs drop off the map the last couple of years that shouldn't have gotten to this point. To where point blank, TSU is, is the best basketball program in Houston, Houston, men and women. Well, period. Spe- period. Of, period. Early in the season, he and I, we sitting in a conversation and all, and we mentioned that somebody was talking about, you know, best players in the city. I said, best big man in the area before the season starts will be Eric Murray. And somebody said, well, what about Tayshawn? I said, he got to find himself. I said, he in a new landscape now. He got to find himself. Well, he found himself, but he still wasn't the best player in the, in the city. And at the end of the day, you still got to have that one, at least that one horse. Well, these other programs outside of Texas Southern, they don't have a one horse. They don't have anything to go with it, and the programs are lacking. Let's say uh, Ben Ben Brown and Rice is gone, so I was looking for a new head coach on the men's side. I've heard, and I have that, a question. On I've heard, I know, but I've heard that Greg Williams' job is safe. When I heard that, I was like, okay, huh? Really? Really? That's that's what I said. Huh. And the only reason I say really? that is because of. Uh, uh, Two things. Pay scale, what's left on the contract, even if it was, even if it's one year, 
the other thing would be the new AD hadn't figured it all out yet, and he's want he, he's he's kind of like he, he wants to he wants wants to figure it out time. because he said, I mean, the words came directly out of his mouth the the day he took the job. There's no reason that the athletic department shouldn't be on a par with the baseball program here or the athletic department at Stanford. There's no excuse. And that's just the way he put it. Now, when he said that, once again, you get that, <laughs> really? We don't do that here in Rice. Well, we're going to find out. He's going to have to change the mentality and, and of on, a lot and, of lungs over there. And, and the, the one thing that he's got working against him is small uh, alumni base, large pocket. And when they get tired of you. Because Wildcat knows directly that the success of the Iowa football team pissed some alums off. Trust Truly. me. Trust me. Truly. There was a question midway of the season when they was dropping off the map that some alums came directly straight up and said, we're right to check today. We're right to check today. Whatever's left on the contract, gone. They don't, they don't, they don't play around with that. They don't want to be Harvard. They don't want to be Vanderbilt. Speaking of, he remembers the day that they had the, had, had the conversation up in the trustee's office. It was some people that was trustees, board of trustees, that were had a look on their face like, why are you here? First of all, because of your skin color. Two, why are you asking me this question about our athletic department? <laughs> and, and, and am I wrong? No. They wanted to, they actually wanted to go Division One through A, which is no football. After the year after the baseball team won the national championship, so they, be, they wanted to be totally out of football business. They, they want to be Chicago. They wanted yeah. out of football so MIT. bad yeah. that they didn't care who they had to pay off. They was willing to get that done. And as I've told you before, they have less than they have a little over fifty thousand walking. Well, probably less than that now, uh, because of factors and all over the last five years, but. It should be around about 50,000 walking alumni uh, for a campus that's been in, in existence over 100 years. That tells you just how much money they've got walking around in somebody's pocket. And their endowment is in the billions. With a and people. even though they lost some situations in the uh, Madoff deal, they found a way to get that back. And I, from, I think the financial goal that they were looking for in the centennial was a little over $2 billion. Got it. Got it. With no problem. And I know for a fact there are some alums that have mentioned that he and I, there's recent students that their class that they graduated with, with athletes, they're giving over $85,000 a year. This is going directly back to their sport on campus. That's impressive. And there, and there are some alums. And, and, and they look like you and me. There are some alums, basketball players. We're not happy with Coach Williams' job. So we'll just see how much pull they have if they can get rid of it. Right. You know, we'll see. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to follow it. But as we touched, we talked about Texas Southern having the best basketball program, men's and women's, in the city of Houston. Lady Tigers made it to the WNIT. They lost to, in the first round, to SMU 84-72, but they got to the postseason. As opposed to us compared to Rice and U of H and HBU. Right. Let me go on, let's, let me say this. 
kudos to Prairie View women. Four years in a row, they won the SWAC tournament championship. God bless them. They're going to get blasted out of this water <laughs> when they play Connecticut in the first round on Sunday. Nice trip. Hey. Travel all that way to get your behind kick. And, and the worst part yeah, about nice it is. check. Be on TV for a little while until they turn it off because this is not going to no, be a close game. It's all about celebrating the championship. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I ain't talking about the championship, obviously, <laughs> up there. I'm talking about the championship here in Houston. You know, but it, it, I was, do it have was good. Pictures of, it, was, it was good. Now. It was good. Let's, have, let's just admit that. Sorry. It was good. It was I good. I pictures of uh, uh, Coach Brown on Instagram cutting down the net. And I meant to say ain't. And that, and that, got, retw- that got retweeted. So, it, I mean, Instagram account, we talk about y'all on social media as well. My Instagram account is Houston Round Bar Review. You can see Coach Brown cut down the net. And also, uh, Mr. Idris Elba made an appearance Saturday at Toyota Center before the men's really? championship game. Yeah, women like tied in with excitement. And a certain a certain young lady was off in the on the side there, got Idris' attention to a pose for a picture. I'm ninety nine percent sure that certain young lady is Coach Don Brown from Prairie and M. I I got I videoed it. So toward the end that you can see it, and I believe her, she posed the picture, and she oh, and she had a good time posing with, for the picture with Mr. Elba. Yeah. So, but yes, he had a good time. Hey, to the champions go to school. Yes, sir. That's true. And there are that's pictures. Why I said everything was about the tournament. <laughs> yeah, you worry about all that. Oh so, yeah, <laughs> we understand. But that's gonna be a highlight. That's gonna be a highlight. Well, you know, hey, we were told by by a couple of coaches this was this is a conference that does not believe in. Uh, Letting you, letting a, a visiting team have dreams. This is about crushing those dreams and not giving you an, an opportunity to dream anymore. We want to make sure that you forget about dreaming. Absolutely. So let's, so, so, uh, like I, like I mentioned, uh, we'll get, get everyone else in a second here. Houston Round Bar Review is my Instagram. The website is HoustonRoundBarReview.com as well as T-H-E-V-H-R-R.com. Also on Twitter. As the HR review. Got lots of retweets and tweets during my time at the uh, SWAC tournament as well as my time at the Southland Conference tournament at the Merrill Center Saturday and Sunday. And I want to say, as the HBCU alum, uh, appreciate you taking the time to cover that. I know you have a lot, but to see you after doing your thing, and I know you would have been there if, uh, yeah. and, and <laughs> if they wouldn't have rejected you. So we got to find out what's going no, on. Oh, yeah. this. But, but I, I will say this, though. I held that against them, but I still bought a ticket and I showed up. Right, because I and, know and, you're and, about and, the business it, of it, doing, it, getting doing it right. You know, and, 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 right. And, 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 so that's why I say we, and I mean me, myself, trying to, I need to take that up and get that done and, and find out what's going on there. But again, me, I just want to say kudos for doing that. And so my social media platform are Kate Cavill. Uh, you can go to Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, D-R-K-E-N-Y-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. That's Instagram. Twitter is Facebook. Obviously, you can find my stuff now on thehrr.com. I'm really excited about that. Working with Chris, getting my basketball information on there. I only have one more place to go find where I can put my baseball stuff now. Because I have a place for my football uh, the college sporting news, you can see that in the fall. Obviously, as I started to say at Kate Cavill, that's at thg-agency.com. You can reach me directly by email. Had some people send me stuff that uh asking some good questions that would get out there trying to reform. Somebody had another platform where they were looking at some business questions they had, wanted me to review their paperwork. We do do that kind of consulting work 
So you're happy to uh, send that information to me and I can give you some pricing quotes in terms of the quality of my work or give you some examples if you want that. Um, it looks like Stephen F. Austin, uh, they were winning a half, but it looks like they may have gone in the wrong direction. Havoc. Uh, for Texas. VCU's Havoc. Up the heat. It, is it in the middle? Of, it, is it toward the later? The later? Yeah, it's like eight minutes left. I oh, and it's it, it, uh, what I'm going to say. It's still what, time left. What I'm going to tell you, now, they got time. Scores, and that's why they got time. They gave a framework <laughs> that they were up by six and a half, but now they're down by 11. Uh, but obviously, you know, this is the tournament and wild things that happen. And that's um, it. I'm not counting them out. Having watched them over a two-day period, I'm not counting them out. Oh, yeah. They were bad. I had a chance. And that's the other thing I was going to thank you, both of you all for, is getting me involved to have a chance to go see things from a different perspective. I've watched from afar, but I had a chance to go and actually go to the tournament uh, with the Southland and see that style of uh, play. And the framework with covering it I was very pleased and very welcome by the individuals there, so I thank them for giving me the opportunity to cover them as well, so we spread the wings on that. My next challenge is obviously to find a way to get to the Women's Final Four in a partnership with you, but uh, had a chance to vote for the first time. Uh, good, the, good, and that's the, the key. Uh, 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 women's USBWA, USBWA uh, Wireless Association, so I was proud of that opportunity and took that very seriously. It uh, was nice to see that some of the people that I voted on were represented, meaning that I do have some idea of what I'm talking about. So that's a good idea. But uh, other than that, just want to say continue to follow us. Uh, we got some big things coming along. Obviously, we opened up the Facebook page. Uh, so you can come check us out on the Facebook page. And looking for continue our podcast as we continue to move forward and, and look for opportunity to get folks to rebrand with us, obviously sponsor us. And we'll make sure that we get your name out there in an appropriate way such that people will service your business. And since I hadn't talked to you in a while, how did you enjoy up close watching uh, the train run through town? Oh, it was crazy. It was, it, that's a whole different beast there. It, it, it's amazing. It's really amazing. You know, it's, and, and when I tweeted and wrote about uh, the train, and I, I, and I say that in its, in its truest form, mm-hmm. Uh, UConn is that, that, that locomotion, that's, uh, locomotive, yes, that, that, that freight train that's on the, on the track and rolling down it fast. Yes, KG, I know due time will tell when, uh, hopefully it'll be them and, uh, uh, Notre Dame. But right now, shorthanded and they don't mind it. They getting it done. And like, uh, Gino said, uh, this past Sunday, the reason that his team bothers him this season, they don't walk around with a lot of cockiness to them. They just walk in with it's all about business and we're going to take care of it and we need to get things done. We're just going to get it done. You know, just let us, just leave us alone, my old man. Just leave us alone. This ain't who just, we are. They're just personal business. <laughs> you know, we, we believe in beating up folks and smiling at them. <laughs> who are you, sir? I am. The Fifth Ward Wildcat. My platforms you can be uh, can be found uh, uh, at uh, AKSVDCSRBlogspot.com. The blogger, become a subscriber, and you can also uh, post your uh, uh, your uh, subscription and your site uh, as a contributor, uh, uh, sidebar contributor to the blog uh, to the blogger. Uh, I am also on Facebook. Um, at, it's all under AKSV DCSR, College Sports Report, 
And you can find me, uh, matter of fact, in the next issue of A King Size View. It's due out in a week. And when the paper goes to bed this weekend, I'll be writing about the tournament. And also three phases, what I mentioned earlier tonight. Guard play, free throws, dominant big man. Yeah. One thing before we close out and give it back to you is the fact that I didn't want to ignore particularly the connection that goes on between what we're talking about right here in Houston and what's going on on the two coasts with the New York Knicks at the professional level in L.A. We're hearing that Jenny Buss is the boss chick, and she would well, like to say she, and make sure everybody know. And then obviously the announcement. She, she made that statement, you know, <laughs> the next day said that was no place for him in the hierarchy of the Lakers. Right. Well, it's not that she didn't want him. She said she couldn't build a consensus right. to get that done. But he's doing well. He's joined the Knicks, and they said that they're going to give him total uh, control yeah. and make those now, decisions. Okay, so we'll that'd be it. something to do. Okay, you, you, you know we'll the guy better than Yeah, I how long that will last. You know, how, how long will, will he accept being on the sidelines and not in a, sticking his hands in? Being a, becoming a History Jerry Jones. says that he can't do it. But I, I think it's going to be interesting to see. But he's never had anybody of this caliber either in terms of name recognition. So uh, it's a little different. Obviously, he had a solid um, GM before president um, with uh, what's the guy that was with Indiana that came over there with him. Uh, I can't think of his name. Right yeah, now. Donnie Walsh. Donnie Walsh. Yep. Um, so that's the closest thing you have that in terms of a well-respected mind that, that he couldn't control, and that eradicated the move forward. But now you have Big Chief Triangle. Hey, and he basically said, you know, become a role player, and we're going to figure this out. But we got to put players around you. The key is going to be, can Carmelo accept players around him and make that work? The key is going to be how they're going to get talent, bring talent in when they're strapped to the salary cap. That's what the key is going to be. How much if Carmelo does not take a fat-ass pay cut. Which that doesn't look like it because the wife spoke up. Right. So we'll see how, <laughs> how they're going to bring in the wife spoke they, up. they are strapped. Unless they want to go into Brooklyn Net ownership territory and just money cap be damned and just pay whatever well, their luxury taxes bill is team's payroll. Other NBA teams, you know, Mr. Prokhorov does not care about money. You know, he's a, I'm a billionaire over and over again. I, so I whatever don't know, luxury tax is, whatever. His credit card may. Well, we'll see. We'll see if it, <laughs> if it maxes out, if it runs out at some point. We'll see because I'll have a lot to pay for because that, that, their payroll is just ridiculously high. But. The other thing is you have the losing streak by Miami as they're kind of playing up for it, but it hasn't really hurt them because Pacers are not playing really well. Right. So then you find out that Bynum is out indefinitely due to the knees. Uh, people knew he's had a problem and how much they were going to count on it, but it's going to be interesting because they thought they could do something the with big, him. The biggest news is and then this Westbrook. evening, Westbrook re-injured his knee Uh-oh. in the game versus Toronto and no, no, off the floor. Out before we close no, out. Let's, now let's that's even the, know that we're looking at everything. I, I, now, that's a knee problem that's going to be questioned. It's the same knee, so he, he's having problems with it again. So, And former Rocky Kyle Lowry was, is in, hit him really on the play. That's how I got injured. He accidentally going for a rebound or something like that. And, that's really sad because it's a child on the kid. No, I just... Uh, it doesn't look good. And you, see, that's one thing where I, the older I get, the more cynical I get when I caution folks to look about and talk about he can be the greatest player. He or she can be the greatest player in the history of the game. You also get hurt just like that. Yep. So you, so you never know. So, but I want to touch on a couple more things here as we go into a little bit over the hour mark on the podcast. The Gavi Lewis Award 2014 Gavi Lewis Award, Award presentation will be Thursday, April 3rd. 
fellas, you are invited. I, I want y'all to be there. It's free. Any, I want that known. I put it on my schedule. I'm planning to be It's uh, everybody to be there, 630 to 8 p.m. in the O'Quinn Great Hall. Thursday, usually it's on a Friday, the Friday before the men's final four. This will be our third edition of the award presentation where we will acknowledge the top ten uh, boys high school players, high school players in the greater Houston area, and then we'll also announce the winner. Uh, we have a fan vote as well as coaches vote. Coaches will be sending me their votes. But fans can go to GuyVLewisAward.org and cast their votes. Fan voting does count for about 10% of the vote for us. So we, please go to the website. I'll post it. I've tweeted about it. Uh, the links to it. You can go to GuyVLewisAward.org and cast your vote. We're going to contact all the players, the top 10 players. They can bring their coaches, friends, and family to attend the ceremony as well. We'll have the presentation of video presentations of, of each of the uh, 10 finalists. You can also see the, who the 10 finalists are, obviously, at the website, GuyVLewisAward.org. But I want to say this. As things stand right now, God willing, health willing, Coach Lewis will be at the presentation. Now, so he, the, one, the, the one thing that uh, I'm going to say this with, with all the breath that I have left in my body right now and in the future, this may, we we not be, we may not be blessed to have him around too much no longer. Yeah, we're not and, promising and so another day. It, it, it is intuitive that you find a way to come out and at least support Coach Lewis. Um, and get a photo because we just don't know. Tomorrow ain't promised. Neither is tonight. Coach is 91 years old, I believe. You know, he's getting around in the wheelchair. We'll have someone speak on his behalf. Uh, the press release will go out in a few days. So media will be there. Local media will, will be there without a doubt. But like I said, uh, all things, as things stand today, Coach Lewis is scheduled to attend the presentation. We'll have, uh, you know, snacks and hors d'oeuvres there as well. We want this to be bigger and better. One of the reasons, and I know some people thought that uh, once we got Coach, helped get Coach Lewis into the Basketball Hall of Fame, that we're going to stop doing this. No, no, no. We want to acknowledge, as we've talked about in these podcasts, how much talent is here in the greater Houston area. And there really is not a an award to go to the top boys high school player in the area. That's another reason why we started the awards and had the presentation. And at some point in the future, we'll hope to have it on the girls' side. We'll see how long we'll you know, need a lot of things to happen to get that done. And I might have to call them, out, somewhere. That's good. call them out, you know, my basketball contacts on the female side to really get that going because I'm no longer into that on the high school side and the girls' side. But the Guy V. Lewis Award presentation is Thursday, April 3rd from 6.30 to 8 p.m. You can go to GuyVLewisAward.org and cast your vote for who you want, who you vote for top three choices. And then you submit that vote. So everyone, do that. Listeners, I'm asking you to, to tell your friends about the podcast, tell your friends about the award ceremony, tell your friends about uh, your voting for the award, GuyVLewisAward.org. We'll also have it links to our podcast at our podcast page on Facebook. Uh, it's facebook.com slash kgfifthward.podcast. You can search for it. You'll find it. We have a, a few likes now, and it, it's growing. 
We're going to start sending invites for more about that as well since we made it official with the podcast. And Doc, what is our what is our slogan? <laughs> when we when we looked at it, originally known, nationally respected. That fits us to a T. Have mercy. Have mercy. That fits us to a T. Anything else you want to touch on, gentlemen? No, that's no. all I have for that. It's, it. been, it's been a long time. We haven't talked. We talk about the Rockets later on. You know, Dwight Howard. I'm not really concerned about his ankle injury. The left ankle is sprained. He's day to day. He may play was it, tomorrow. Assist or, or just the ankle sprain? Just, just a sprained ankle. Okay. And so it doesn't seem to be anything major. Dwight isn't worried about it. The Rockets are on the road for three games before they come home in a few days. Uh, they lost three uh, games on the road. OKC. Tough matchup. Yeah, you know, tough matchup. Played, played they, some of them well. They had some signs in their loss to Miami that may be a cause for, cause for concern come playoff time on how they had breakdowns on defense right. and how you leave Ray Allen wide open like that for open three to come out of a timeout. You know, Dang. and then the fact that they seem to forget that Dwight Howard was being guarded by Chris Bosch and did not go to the post at all. And a couple of times was on Dwight. He got out of the post and let James Harden or whoever try to take his man off the dribble, you know, from the perimeter. And I'm thinking to myself, if you're the baddest man in the post, you need to get your tall frame down there on the post. Yeah. It work. That's right, because you hadn't heard me, folks hadn't heard me cussing all about a big man. So. Not, not doing his job. <laughs> I worked with Coach Davis. So that's, that's, that's my thing on that. Uh, I didn't do any brackets this year. For my sanity, because I, I, I it's, it's probably good. Because I, yeah, because I, I I tend to get too tight into it and, and get upset when my picks go wrong, my bracket blows up, and everything like that. So I, I took you, a, took you a didn't break try for the billion in you. But apparently, there as of mid afternoon, there were still sixteen perfect brackets on the, the Warren, uh, Warren Buffett. Now that's before we got started. The, right. The, the, by the time we leave here, yeah, that could we'll be down here. to six. Excuse me, how we have any left there? Um, but. Care to give your final four off the top of your head? Oh man! Especially with everything going wrong, or, or just give me your one team you think to win. I was gonna go with Louisville until I they played. That's tough. There's some teams out there. I'm not sure that are playing that way. I'm gonna go with Florida. I'll stick with Louisville. I'm going to go. With Florida also, only because of what I saw when the game got most teams, most big major teams can't play a a, 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 a traverse a tradition type of ball game where play gets slow and they've been accustomed to going up and down and they adjust to it and they also adjusted to referee calls is what I noticed and most teams and it's, it's nowadays because of the, the guys are one and done and. Basketball IQ is not where it needs to be. Guys don't adjust well in game. And that me, needs one and out. And let me say this, and we're going to wrap it up soon. We'll keep going a little bit here because it's our podcast. This is how we do things. This is us being us. I, I, um, I kind of laugh at the folks who were, before the tournament started, who were touting Duke and picking Duke in that bracket. I love Duke. I've been a Duke fan since uh, Jay Billis played with Mark Allery and Donnie Dawkins back then. You know, yes, sir. I go back that <laughs> that's, far. That's when they were wearing the block letters. Uh, yeah. Old English. Uh, I go, I go on, back on that far. <clears throat> but the last few years, you know, especially since their their last championship, 
the style of play, I just I cannot stand it. I cannot stand the three point offense. That's all it that's all you're gonna do is to jack up threes. We have no low post game on offense. I can't stand that. You can't stop anybody on the perimeter. You can't stop anybody on the inside. And Duke's Coach K style permeates through college basketball now. You see the the plethora of three point shooting. The, the hell, the NBA has become a three point shooting league. What happened to mid range game? What happened to a low post game? But first things first, and this is a problem. This ties into U of H men's basketball guard play. If you cannot keep your man in front of you. Sit and on getting the bench. past you and breaking down the defense. Sit on the bench. You have a problem. And that is Duke's problem. It's been Duke's problem for years now. And Coach K needs to be called out about it and fix it. He's a Hall of Fame coach. No denying that. But they've had the same problem the last few years. Lehigh, TJ McCollum, point guard, lit their behinds up, broke down the defense. Because they couldn't, they couldn't keep him from blowing past them. Same stuff happened today in the loss to Mercer. Their perimeter defense is awful. You look at Jabari Parker, freshman of the year in our United States Basketball Rights Association. His defense, man-to-man defense, was, was trash today. If your perimeter defense is not good enough, then you need to fix it. Especially if you don't have a shot blocker. You, th- you talk about the Plumlee brothers, but those young men were athletic. They can block some shots, hey. and they made folks who came down to paint once those hey. guards got... Yeah, too far. Beat. If they got too far and too they close, they challenge shots. Say, hey, you need to hey, you, go back out there. They ain't coming in here. You know, it's, they don't have that now. We're gonna, we're gonna resolve this right now. Early in the game, three minutes in, bam, somebody on the floor, and Duke is going the other way. And and this is one thing I won't forget. This I'm not sure how long ago it was, but this was when he was with the Rockets. And I asked Shane Battier, who is in charge of coaching Duke big men? His answer to me was Wojo. As in Steve Wojciechowski. I did, I know. Five foot eleven, Steve Wojciechowski. What is Wojo gonna teach him? Post up, post player, the big man. And that, that answers a lot of questions. Now keep in mind, they got one of the top big men to be a one and done coming in for the fall 14, 15 season. But how much is his low post game going to improve if he's being coached by Wojo? So there's a lot of lot of different things out there that that just make me that open my eyes. I have much respect for Coach K. Like I said, I love Duke. Anybody that knows me knows how much I love Duke, how much I respect the program. But his name is Jaleel Okafor from Whitney Young High School in Chicago, six foot ten, two sixty five, and all word is great post game, great footwork. We'll see how much footwork he's gonna have when he get to Duke, because you know we have. Apparently he won't be coached by anybody who can relate to him in the post. But those things happen. Lastly, only three are left. Three brackets left. On the Warren Buffett billion? Yeah. Oh, that'll be done by Sunday then. 16 to 3. No, I mean, yeah, 16 to 3. Okay. Who's going to play UConn in the final four? On the women's side? On the women's side. You know what? I'm gonna stick with your. I'm gonna oh, stick, stick, stick with your, your folks. I'm gonna stick with your folks now. I'm gonna stick with your folks. Championship is gonna be UConn Notre Dame. 
uh, only because so, so, so people need to ESPN. understand. They need to understand something. KJ and I have been doing this while now for quite a few years, folks. After the top twenty-five, there's a big drop-off. There are no upsets now coming. Uh, somebody's got to see the same. You, you, it just don't happen on like like that, and and, and yeah, that's, that's being real. And it, because three things got to happen. You don't have a, a Delaware. Oh no, you but, don't have oh, a single no, no. player. Hold up. I want to tie you into this, sir, Mr. HBCU. Let's talk about Hampton. Yeah, that, that, Talk about Hampton, the 12th seed Hampton on the women's side. Talk about Hampton. Best seed ever uh, since uh, Gramlin had a 12th seed. And so I was, I'm really excited about that. Hampton is a very solid team. Um, but I think this is a seeding that's based on historically what they've done over the years and what they should have got. I'm not sure, actually, this team is as talented as the team they had two years ago. That's what I thought. But I think they're going to um, give some fits. And so I look for them to make a run and possibly get out of that and make that first upset as that 12 seed over the four. But uh, after that, I think they'll be welcome back to reality. Oh, Doc. Oh, Doc. All right, Doc. You know, it's, 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 it's the fine. one good thing I can say about that. You can always depend on the MEAC to, to, to do what they need to do. Because that's, I mean, I mean that's, that's just been year in and year out. They just figured they they've got a way of figuring it out. Because they're playing Fissy, Michigan State. He, he's well, a, it's gonna be tough. You know, so we'll see those he's games in Chapel Hill. Coach. So we'll we'll see. You gonna all right? We hear it here on the podcast. Doc is picking Hampton, twelve seed Hampton to upset Fissy, Michigan State. Yeah, I'm gonna go with them. Okay, and that's fine because either one of them gonna lose to Carolina. And right, that's the second anyway. So, no offense, no offense to Tennessee Martin, but before we close out the podcast, we have to. Acknowledge and give credit to Southern Cal and yep. Cynthia Cooper. I was wondering when they were going to get around to that for winning the Pac-12 tournament championship, upsetting Stanford in the semi in a semifinal. You know, I won. and they're a nine seed. They're a nine seed in the tournament. I really think there's a little deeper that I want to go with that in terms of the foundation and how talented uh, Cynthia Cooper is. The Prairie View team. That won its four straight consecutive championships and has won eight of the last nine. In terms of it's based on what she started and the expectation those ladies still have coming in their pro- program. Yeah, exactly. So her feelings are still around them. All three of those teams that started from Prairie View uh, are in the tournament. Toyell at Baylor's mm-hmm. assistance, right. Cooper obviously in the tournament sucks. Out. And then also, Texas Southern had a postseason in terms of WNIT of what they're doing, and as assistant coach that with her too. So you talking about her seeds run real deep in terms of what she's doing. And the only team well, that it's, missed it's, out, she knows what she's doing. And, and the only huh, team that missed that. out was UNC Wilmington, and they made a total the, the flip flop from flip-flop. what they're doing because <laughs> they had never had that success before. They had two straight WNIT appearances after not being there. All of a sudden, she leaves, and the bottom falls out. Yes, sir. And once again. And they didn't have anybody that was directly one of her top assistants that stayed. There you go. And once again, it's almost like she knows what she's doing. And I ran into our friend. Imagine that. At the, uh, I'm not going to say anything else, but imagine that. It speaks for itself. And, and they play uh, St. John's 8th seed uh, Saturday, March 22nd, and they're in the same pod with Tennessee. The games are in Knoxville, so 
I would love to see USC beat St. John's you know and Tennessee in the first round. She knows about them. Against Northwestern State. I would she love understands that. them. She knows about them. She understands them. Well, you know, we know her. She ain't going to be scared of anybody. No. So that's that's definitely true. Okay, so I got UConn Notre Dame in the championship game. Yeah. I got Notre Dame beating UConn in the championship. I'm, I, I said don't see. I, I, I said I, that I, two I, weeks ago. I might change no, it. I'm going to stay with UConn. I, I, I'm going to stay with Dame. UConn. It's shorthanded as they are. And I, I saw the depth and all this, this, uh, this past week. Uh, the Notre Dame women, and they are deep. They are deep. They, they've got a bench. But I'm just going to go with the happy, smiling faces that's just out there just doing that job. I'm going to go with them. And apparently, uh, Wildcat also knows something about basketball because SFA is cut into uh, the deficit and is inching back into uh I asked the, the only question BCU. during the Southland <laughs> tournament. What, did you, what was on your mind, man? The, the coach said, point blank. Two weeks ago, before the tournament started, so they went. Uh, they were up, uh, up by double digits. Game got to one and two points. Guys, you know, went through a media timeout. Find a way re- regather themselves. Went they back out, out of time. Though, only got eighty seconds left. They're down by five. Oh so. no! Well, oh nine. Eighty seconds and five and five points. That's make them. So that, we, that's doable. We'll, we'll see. Okay, so that, that's doable. Both y'all have UConn. I have Notre Dame. I'm also picking Muscle McGraw's coach of the year. You know, every time I see her, I think you about know, that press conference. I young told man. you, North Carolina Central, 14, Iowa State, 11. Yeah, it's 14, 13. But that's all right, because we we potted them a long time ago right. as somebody to uh, keep your eye on. It's almost as if the three of us know what we're talking about. Go figure. Are you, are you sure? You know, because apparently we've heard some, some folks don't think we are. We've had we've heard some me. some negative commentary, you know, about that. But hey, hey, if like that, I told if, you that if, night, if that was enough to keep us stop us, we wouldn't be doing this at all. So one thing for sure, they listen. They go into the website and they listen. And, and we appreciate everyone. We, we appreciate everybody listening to the podcast. We gave you a lot to to digest from U of H and the rumors regarding uh, men and women's basketball over there. To the tournament, to UConn, Notre Dame, to uh, the men's picks. I got two Floridas, and I got Louisville to do that. A little bit of NBA injuries. Russell Westbrook uh, get well. We'll see how it all plays out. It just means more points for Kevin Durant, who's just on a ridiculous scoring tirade. He's I think scored 25 plus points in 30 games in a row now, something like that. So he's he's MVP, you know, no knock against LeBron, but Kevin Durant has to do more, especially with Westbrook out now. Durant has to do more, scoring more up on his shoulders, easy in that triple double, you know, so he pass the ball and teammates are knocking down shots as well. But once again, listeners, thank you as always for listening to the KG Fist World Wildcat and Doc podcast. We'll see how um, our schedules are for our next podcast. Remember to what uh, I. Encourage everyone to attend the Gabby Lewis Award presentation on Thursday, April 3rd, starts at 6.30. Plenty of parking. You can, it's a nice facility if you haven't been through the Athletic Alumni Center on the campus of U of H. So come be a part of that. If you uh, attend, you can meet us because we'll be there. I may even look sharper than usual, you know, because I'm part of the, the uh, committee, the Greater Houston Basketball Committee. So we'll see how all that goes. So once tux? again, I invite. Oh no, I'm not doing all that now. Oh no, no touch. Because the day, the day after that, I'm going to Nashville. So no, I'm not doing all that. So no, sir. 
Uh, no, I'll be on you about that. No, no, we'll see. No, I'm not going to tell that lie. I do have one, though, but I'm not going to tell that lie. Oh, you do? Oh, yeah, I do have one. All right. Yeah, I have one in the closet. Hey, you got to have a good time. Oh, yeah. So, it, you know. It, you would be grown if you didn't. So, yeah, I have one. But if your brackets have been blown to bits, that's okay. You know, it's always next year. <laughs> but the brackets are fun. Usually, you know, unless you take them too seriously, you actually bet on them and things like that. And, you know, you do things of that sort. But, Wildcat, good to have you back, sir. Yeah, we are. Doc, thank you very much. Are you going to do another? Are we done with the HBCU top 10 poll for the season? Or we have another no, we one? have the final. Okay. The final poll coming out. Okay, so look yeah. So and, look for that. waiting on the, uh, uh, the MIAC teams and all that to get finished with there, yeah. which I don't blame you. So and look for that. Um, I don't blame you. Let's see what else. Uh, we touched a lot of different things. At next podcast, and, uh, I want to talk about the uh, next thing I do is uh, I do do a baseball poll. Right, It'll be interested uh, to see that. And we talk about yeah. TSU the, won both games in Prairie uh, View. Oh, they did. U of H baseball seven four. It's been a while. Six to one. Right, U of H baseball is playing quite well. They're in the midst of a fourteen game homestand. Yeah. They lost earlier this week, I think, the Tuesday night to Lamar. And then a day after, they, then they beat Texas Southern one nothing. One nothing. Yeah. I think that in the end that was a ten inning game, yep. one extra inning. So, talk about a whole whole bunch of different things here. So pitching has arrived on the yard. Yeah. Oh my goodness! So so we'll see how that goes. The baseball team is doing well, apparently uh, at U of H and TSU. So I uh, hope both those teams. Rice will struggle this year. They lost their uh, uh, monster, uh, monster starter uh, and uh, to a uh, Tommy John surgery. Yeah, and it's going it's going to be by committee and rotation. Um, it'll be interesting how all this comes about once once the CUSA play starts. Now, don't get it twisted. I'm not a baseball person. Basketball is my sport. But when it comes to my, my school, I, you care. I, I care enough to know about when they're doing well in baseball. But if they're doing crappy, I'll say that, too, that they need to get done. Softball is doing doing well. <laughs> they're doing well, too. So They, they beat Texas last week. And that that's right. Beat a 5-4. Thank you very much for saying that, Wildcat. I almost hey. forgot to mention that. Thank you very much. It's always a good day when we beat the Longhorns <laughs> and whatever the hell it is. That's right. And that is especially to that my, is. my dear friend who I there love to death, who is, there you go. who is in Washington right now. And I'm, I would message you to listen to the entire podcast, especially the last 10 seconds of it, because I want you to know that my Cougars beat your Longhorns in softball. Thank you very much. So, National oh, Texas. That, that's right. Thank you. Keep saying it, Wildcat. Keep saying it. So on that National note, right on that note, on that happy, glorious note, listeners, truthfully, tell everybody about the podcast. This one was longer than usual. We talked about a lot of different things. Yeah. So, but tell your friends about the podcast. Share the the Facebook page with uh, with your friends. Have them have them like it. Um, enjoy the tournament enjoy the men's tournament enjoy the women's tournament enjoy sports take care of yourself take care of each other in conclusion be true be cool and do more